Welcome to the podcast. It is Pat and Stu in for Glenn today, who is continuing with his back ailment. We do hope he'll be back tomorrow. Hoax. But yes, that's a, mm-hmm. the, the fake news of the back ailment hoax. Uh, we hope he's back tomorrow so he can you can watch the uh, Wednesday night special he's got coming up on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Comply or die how America will enforce total wokeness, which I guess we're not even there yet. It feels like we're there, but apparently not. This 9 p.m. Eastern, right after a brand new Stu Does America on Blaze TV. Uh, make sure to use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks off your subscription. Today, we do go into some wokeness. There's definitely some wokeness going on. Uh, we get into some of the crazy stuff going on in our society. They're banning episodes of TV now because there's too many things that are offensive, including, by the way, they've banned an episode of The Golden Girls. <laughs> And you're not going to believe the uh, situation around that. Also, uh, the Washington Post has issued a correction of a major news story from late in the election cycle uh, that may have affected the election. They are saying, oh, yeah, by the way, we didn't have the audio and we totally misquoted the president. We'll get into that as well today. Also want to tell you, Pat Gray Unleashed, of course, uh, wonderfully joining us here on the program. You can subscribe to the podcast. Click over right now. You're in the podcast app. Just click over as you're listening. Type uh, Pat Gray Unleashed and subscribe to that as well as Stu Does America. New podcasts every day. Make sure you check those out as well. And in the store, as we speak right now. Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. Yes, these are the identical replicas of the pen that Nancy Pelosi signed the impeachment with, with her fancy signature and her handwriting that just says Nancy Pelosi. If you look really closely, it also says the word sucks. I think you'll really appreciate them. They're at nancypelosisuckspen.com. They've been out of stock since Thanksgiving. Make sure to pick one up now while supplies last. Here's the podcast. listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Pretty amazing admission by the Washington Post. And they're kind of getting hammered for even bringing it up. But they uh, everybody misquoted President Trump. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in kind of a big moment, too. kind of a big moment. Yeah. So if, if you forget this sort of storyline here. The the president called uh, down to Georgia and said, hey, guys, can you look into this election thing? I'm very I'm upset with what happened with the election. And he went through a lengthy call and we heard actual clips from this call. However, uh, most of the media went further than what we heard. Now, we heard the audio and they had things in quotes. So it's natural to assume, right, that they quoted him accurately. Right. They had recordings of the call. Well, apparently what they're telling us now is they just had partial recordings of the call Hmm. and apparently ran these stories without hearing any of these quotes. So they ran a correction yesterday, just a little correction. If you happen to be checking back on that story from a couple months ago, you would have seen it at the bottom. I mean, what's the big deal? That's plenty of there's plenty of attention. A lot of people go back and Mm -hmm. just say, I wonder if they've updated that story from two months ago. We should check on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody apparently did. And this correction ran. Correction, two months after publication of the story. What an unbelievable first. Yeah. The Georgia Secretary of State released an audio recording of President Donald Trump's December phone call with the state's top election investigator. The recording revealed that the Post misquoted Trump's comments on the call based on information provided by a source. Hmm. Trump did not tell the investigator to, quote, find the fraud, end quote. (laughs) 
Just there. Like that's pretty important. Pretty important. Because find the fraud sounds like he's actually asking them to do something nefarious. Yeah. It, he's asking them to do something wrong. You could take it a couple different ways, but you could definitely take it that way. And when you're getting a, a call from the president of the United States in this moment, you probably would take it in the most uh, you know, I don't know, threatening way possible. Mm-hmm. Now Remember the state of events here. Trump has, you know, already the election has been certified and he's calling up to ask uh, uh, to, or for him to go further into that uh, down that rabbit hole. The bigger deal, though, of course, is that the two Georgia election Senate seats are not decided. So it's before that election. Remember, these elections come uh, they come out and it's very close. Both Senate seats are very close. Could this have been the determinative factor in control of the Senate? Mm. This misreporting. Uh, Trump did not tell investigators to find the fraud or say she would be, quote, a national hero if she did so. Instead, Trump urged the investigator to scrutinize ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, asserting she would find dishonesty there. He told her that he had, quote, the most important. She had, quote, the most important job in the country right now, end quote. Story about the recording can be found here. The headline and text of the story have been corrected to remove quotes misattributed to Trump. (laughs) Now, this is not some, some local, you know, random paper. This is the Washington yeah. Post uh, giving the definitive story about this particular phone call. And worse than misquoting him is actually writing the story without hearing the audio. <laughs> you know, it's like mm. you have to you have to. I just it's impossible to for me to understand anything other than they just were hoping they'd get away with this. And that Trump would would cost uh, this this whole Trump story would cost uh, the Republicans the Senate, which it wound up doing, arguably. I mean, they were close elections. And now here we are with 50 seats and one point nine trillion dollars already spent with more to come. A fascinating. It's impossible to understand that something like this could happen by mistake. In 2021. Yeah. 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 I, and how does it happen? It happens only because uh, these reporters hate Donald Trump and they just assume certain things about him. Mm-hmm. And they assume and assert, insert certain things about him to fit their narrative. And that's what they continue to do. And it doesn't matter how much he protests or says. And I don't even know that he said anything about it. Did he even? That's one thing that was interesting. I don't know if he said much about maybe their he, misquotes. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that anyone would have listened to him anyway. They wouldn't have. They, don't. they would not have. But still, you you usually would hear from him. Now, of course, this is one of the things that is part of the after effects of not having a Twitter account. I mean, he really wasn't speaking out to anybody at this point. That's if true. I, if I have the timeline right, um, but mm-hmm. he he didn't really have a way to kind of reach out and say, "I never said those things," because that. You're right. You kind of expect to hear that from Trump in this moment. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there was a lot of big things going on at that time. So maybe uh, maybe this just wasn't his focus. But either way, it's impossible to understand how this can happen. And it's not something you can just throw in a correction months later. It should be a major story for the Washington Post on the front page that says we really screwed this up. Here's how it happened. That's the only way it's acceptable to do something like this. Mm-hmm. You can't just throw it in a correction. And even then, it's... it's it's journalism uh just turned upside down it's malpractice to a degree that you can't imagine in in a incredibly important moment for the country 
Yeah. See if this makes any any difference. So he didn't tell the investigator to, quote, find the fraud, unquote. Or, uh, and he didn't say that she would be, quote, a national hero, unquote, if, uh, if she did so. Instead, he urged the investigator to scrutinize ballot, ballots in Fulton County. That's completely appropriate. Mm-hmm. Scrutinize them, asserting she would find dishonesty there. Mm-hmm. He also told her that she had the most important job in the country. I think you mentioned that. And so then they include some of the some of the recordings and uh, and the whole story is just a non-story to people like CNN and MSNBC and nobody seems to care. Very very few outlets even care about this. They that's incredible. I mean, it's the president of the United States that you grossly misquoted, and you don't care about that. <laughs> Pretty unbelievable. It, it- it is, and so expected at this point. You know, we, I think, do a fair job, at least attempt to do a fair job, in occasionally giving mainstream media credit when they do good things. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person who's going to throw out every single story from the mainstream media and just say, oh, they're always lying. Like, for example, the New York Times has done really good reporting on Andrew Cuomo over the past couple of months, uh, which, again, mm-hmm. they waited <laughs> a long time, but I'm glad they're on board, and they have been able to uh, to find multiple accusers. They've been able to dig up lots of information that, you know, only maybe the New York Times can. I mean, the New York Times has so many resources to go after these things. And when they actually put their mind to it, they can do some good reporting. The Washington Post is the same way. I mean, they, they have done some valuable reporting over the years. But things like this are just inexcusable. And it becomes the easiest thing in the world, Pat, to have uh, at your at your beck and call when everything you see always reinforces your previous beliefs. If you believe Donald Trump is a bad guy, that he's erratic, that he's going to do all these terrible things, then every story you cover, you just insert that in there and assume it's okay. Mm-hmm. So when you have a, a source telling you he said X, Y, and Z and you have no evidence of that, well, your evidence is he's a bad guy and I know he's a bad guy so I can just put it in there. Right. Like if you're pre if mm-hmm. your priors going into the story are this man is a terrible person, then any person, anybody who tells you that uh, they have information that proves Donald Trump is a terrible person, you just kind of go ahead and assume that's true. And that's not a good place to go. It's you know, it's like a weekly world news who is as has invested heavily in the idea that bat bat child. The bat child is around and, and available for comment at any time on any given news event. <laughs> well, if someone comes and says, hey, by the way, the bat child just said X, Y, and Z, you're going to believe it because your priors are you believe mm-hmm. the bat child exists against all evidence. Sure. And of course, obviously, yeah. he's a very nice guy. We've met him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy. Uh, point is, you you can't apply high, that. Highly respected source as well. Yeah, I think highly so. Highly respected. I think so. Yeah. But you can't apply your whole the whole point of journalism is not to apply your priors. You can't do that. If you do that, you will go down roads in which you're issuing multi-paragraph corrections about mm-hmm. massive news stories that you blew. It's interesting too because both the New York Times and the Washington Post have always leaned left. Mm-hmm. But they just leaned left before. In previous decades, they you could just count on them for a little spin. Yes. A slant a certain way. <laughs> well, now they're just propaganda arms for the Democrat Party. That's uh, they, They've just wholeheartedly bought in to left-wing propaganda, and so, and so now they're just left-wing propaganda. 
And so I, I think that colors everything they, that they do, including when the Washington Post misquotes the president, then uh, the other outlets just pick it up and run with it. CNN is guilty of that as well. They just picked it up and repeated the same lie. Uh, and so then you have everybody spewing this lie. Yeah. And so the American public believes it. Well, I mean, the, New- the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN are all saying it can't be a lie. Well, it, it was and it is. And I think this happens a lot more than we even know. That's terrifying. Because it is. I-, I feel like in this era, we do catch it more often. You know, with, with people always looking at everything and social media and you, you can find these things and check them out. And we do, I think, catch more of them these days, but there's more of them happening, too. You know, we talked about this with with the uh, Chris Cuomo situation, I think, a little bit yesterday. And that I think there really was a time in which CNN would come out and say, OK, we blew this one. You know, like we shouldn't have had the brother of the governor doing slapstick comedy in the middle of the pandemic. Like, okay, (laughs) that's our bad. Yes. okay, we're going to try to correct that. Now, would they correct it? Probably not. But at least they would admit they would feel at least the tug of of having some sort of integrity. You know what I mean? They wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily follow through with it, but they would feel weird about it. You know, there's a certain brand of person. Andrew Cuomo is is down this line. You know, where you don't have that natural human tug of integrity when you say something false. Everybody says things that are false in their lives, right? Hopefully, you're the type of person who, when you say something and you know it's not kind of true, you kind of feel that internal sort of struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Your stomach feels a little weird. And you're like, ah, this isn't exactly the way I should say this, but I feel like I, I have to at this point. No, honey, you don't look fat in that. You know what I mean? There's something that at least tugs mm-hmm. at your integrity. <laughs> You know, Andrew Cuomo has, you know, no connection to integrity in any way. Everything he says, he says without that feeling. It's not in him. So when he says things that are complete lies that cost the lives of thousands of people, there's nothing in him that says, gee, I shouldn't say this. Gee, this is a weird moment. Maybe Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be lying about a, a thousand grandparents being dead. He doesn't care. He just goes along through it because to Andrew Cuomo, the most important thing, of course, is Andrew Cuomo. And I think we have too many people in the media now who have that same thing. I, I think CNN, uh, this Cuomo thing seems to have passed that line where they no longer they no longer feel the the need to step up and say, look, OK. We think we did a lot of great coverage about the COVID-19, but this was, we shouldn't have been doing that. We had the ban in place. We should have kept the ban in place. Everything would have been fine. And I think the same thing is happening with some of these media sources now. They never felt the need to, 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 uh, to have that internal debate about Donald Trump because they just all assumed he was Satan mm-hmm. times Hitler multiplied by Idi Amin. And they were just like, okay, that's the guy, so we can say whatever thing. And no one's going to say, hey, you know, you misquoted Hitler. He actually didn't say that. No one's going to fight you. (laughs) You Everyone's going to be like, yeah, well, he was a really bad guy, did a lot of terrible things. Right. If you assume he's Hitler before you write this story, you have a lot of freedom to kind of say whatever you want. And they did. (laughs) And they did. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. So 
the White House is expected to propose a suite of tax increases. Like when you have a master bedroom suite, just a whole bunch of real wonderful tax increases all rolled into one giant package. Uh, the tax hikes will include, uh, they'll be included in a broader infrastructure and jobs package because when are we going to, when will we finally allot some money for infrastructure? <laughs> when will that finally happen? We need a national conversation on infrastructure, Pat. When will we talk about it? We won't. We I won't. don't know what the problem just is. just won't. People just don't want to constantly talk about infrastructure all the time. That's all we've done is infrastructure bills. The stimulus was filled with infrastructure. We're going to fix our, our broken roads and bridges. Mm-hmm. It's always the roads and bridges. Uh, they're crumbling, and we need to fix them. Well, okay, where did that $787 billion go? Because that's that was supposed to fix the infrastructure. It's not even real money anymore if it's, it doesn't start with a T. It, it, if we can't get it at least true. into the trillions, then that's it's not even a bill. Very true. Well, this one will be in the trillions, fortunately. Oh, good. And uh, they, they're going to raise the corporate tax rate as well from 21 to 28%. Oh, good. Because, you know, it's a fantastic idea. That's exciting to corporations who will really want to stay here now. The one thing that's interesting about that is every single study they do about the corporate tax grade is they find that uh, that just gets passed to you. So the oh, corporations okay. raise the rates. The, yeah. That money gets, gets gets charged to you instead. So you're paying more tax. What a stunning surprise that mm-hmm. is that yeah. they would they would pass along their their uh, expenses to us. Because I, I always felt like they, they just... They just accept the less profit. Of their heart, just, no. you know, yeah, you know not usually it, what happens. Maybe they would just go into loss from profit to loss. <laughs> so that might be a, another approach. Yeah, but they, they don't seem no, to do that. They don't seem to want to do that. Yeah. They're going to raise the income tax rate on individuals earning more than 400000 Good. Those Finally. damn rich people. Finally. When will they pay their fair share? They've never paid it before. Never. Those never. people, Pat, don't pay any taxes. Okay. No, zero. They you have know, a zero tax rate. I don't know if you know this. Mitt Romney never paid any taxes. Not a we, penny. We found that out in 2012. Well, it's out there. He needs to address it. He now. needs to address it, which he, he did he, do, but we didn't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we later admitted that everyone lied about it. But still, yeah, still, it's important that rich people get punished. Anyone who makes money mm-hmm. in this society well, that's is immoral. evil. It's, it's immoral and evil. You're Unless right. they're on the left. Sure, because mm-hmm. then they're doing fine. good things with it. Right, then they're doing good. They're things They're funding abortion clinics and things. Right, That's building new fancy mm-hmm. state-of-the-art abortion clinics. One abortion clinics that can churn out like an abortion every eleven seconds, just churning them out like you, a like a a lot of drive-throughs, like a lot of drive-through abortion lot, clinics, a lot of drive-throughs. Yeah, and you got and these. This is what year is it? Is it is it nineteen fourteen? No, no, it is twenty twenty one. Exactly, we're getting the drive-through COVID vaccines. Yeah, we're getting the drive-through tests. And we should have the drive-through abortion clinics now. Make it easy. We're going to, uh, finally, they're going to expand the estate taxes reach. Oh, good. Good. Because when you've paid your taxes all your life on everything you've ever made, mm-hmm. and then you die, well, then the government has a right to easily 50% of what you have. Absolutely. What you have left. So, well, let's see. Why would you why would you allow them to give it to their family or whoever they wanted to? You wouldn't. Right. Right. No, you'd, that would be bad. You'd insist that the government take their fair share of it. Right. Like, well, here's the thing. This is the way society should work. OK, Uh huh. you make some money and the government taxes you on that money. 
but you have some left over. Mm-hmm. And with that leftover money, you go purchase something and then you pay a, a sales tax when you purchase that, obviously, because that's just fair. It's just mm-hmm. fair. It's just fairness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you take that money and maybe that thing that you bought grows in value over time. Okay. Well, in that case, just just would just tax that growth. That's all. Just tax that growth. And then when you mm-hmm. die, they just take half of what's left. Like that seems completely legitimate and fair and not a scam. That does not seem like a scam, Pat. Uh, Especially what's amazing is even with those rules, they still are in debt. Yeah. Like you're taking every dime from people. Yep. And they're still somehow unable to run this government into surplus. Also, they're talking about a higher capital gains tax rate, too, for individuals earning at least a million dollars a year. That's the one that they asked Barack Obama about back in the day. Capital gains. Yeah. And they said every single time uh, that this has been lowered, we've received more revenue to the government because it increases activity. Mm -hmm. And uh, Barack Obama didn't really have a good answer to that. No, his response was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that in the interest of fairness... Mm -hmm. Uh, he still believed in a uh, higher capital gains tax. In other words, punish the rich people, even if it doesn't help yeah. society. I don't just, care we if just it think helps. We don't want them to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, was I, the... I, it doesn't matter <laughs> whether it's good for the yeah. country. It doesn't matter if it It's helps. bad for them. Yeah. And uh, that's fair. If bad for them is good for me. God, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So uh, White House economist Heather Bushy underlined that biden doesn't intend to boost taxes on people he doesn't what intend he doesn't intend Intend. on boosting taxes they're not saying he's not going to right he just doesn't just doesn't intend to right now (laughs) to boost taxes on people earning less than four hundred thousand. but you know he will look intent is uh, you know most of the law you know, <laughs> yeah. usually if at you least intend nine tenths, of nine the law. tenths of the law. That's yeah. what I've. So mm-hmm. if you intend, if you say like, hey, I'm not going to I don't intend on raising taxes on people who are middle class making fifty thousand dollars a year. But then you do it. You're still nine tenths. OK. Yes. That's how I look at it. Me too. It's totally fine. As long as you don't. I didn't mean to raise taxes on everyone. Right. It just happened. Uh, you know, but for folks at the top who've been able to benefit from mm. this economy and haven't been this hard hit, there's a lot of room to think about what kinds of revenue we can raise. Those bastards. I just, you know, I don't even care if it's revenue. I Even if it brings in less revenue, let's just punish those people who wear suits and ties. And seriously, that's what Barack Obama was saying. Because yeah. if it doesn't benefit the country, why do it then? Because at least there's an argument. You could argue, okay, well, yes, you're stealing people's money, Mm -hmm. but hey, at least it helps the collective. That's supposed to be the liberal conservative divide, right? Conservatives are focused on individuals being able to hold what they earn and and, and be responsible for their own lives and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and actions. And the left is supposed to say, well, no, we're going to take their money and we're going to redistribute it more efficiently. Barack Obama was saying, no, actually, I don't care if it's being being distributed more efficiently. I Doesn't just want it to hurt those guys. Yeah. Because it, it makes it more fair for people who are making less than they are. They don't have to be quite as jealous, I guess. I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It honestly doesn't make any sense. So this will turn out to be uh, the Tax Policy Center estimated this will raise $2.1 trillion over a decade, though the administration's plan is likely to be smaller. Uh, the overall program, though, has yet to be unveiled. 
but analysts are saying somewhere between two and four trillion dollars. Oh, uh, two just, to four trillion. Just the two to four trillion? Yeah, tax increase. Well, it's not ten trillion. It's not a hundred trillion. It's not one quadrillion. When you when you think it could be a quadrillion, this is a really conservative plan, right? I mean, this is basically a tax cut from the one quadrillion basically. dollar plan, right? What if it was a, a thousand quadrillion? What if it one was one quintillion? <laughs> quintillion, <laughs> a quintillion dollars. Right, a quadrillion dollar bill would be a would be, <laughs> I mean, conservative in that world. So let's just think that the, they offered a one quintillion dollar bill and we got it down to two to four trillion. Yeah. We'd be thrilled with that outcome. It's like when somebody was complaining to uh, Barack Obama that the uh, unemployment rate was was getting really close to 10 <laughs> yeah. percent. And he said, well, at least it's not 13 or 14 or 15 <laughs> percent. That's true. Uh, <laughs> it's true. He does so make a point there. When it could be 15 percent, 10 percent seems pretty good. I mean, here's the thing. Could it be 100 uh, percent? Yes, it could. The unemployment yeah, rate could it, be 100 percent. There could be every person in America without a job. What if it was 500 <laughs> percent? What if people <laughs> lost five jobs each per day? That'd be a lot. That would be incredibly high. And Barack yeah. Obama was keep, was able to keep it at only the <laughs> highest it's been in a really long time. <laughs> it was only like 9.8% or yeah. something, I think, at its peak, which was not bad at all. Not at all. When you consider what it could have been. It could have been. Yeah. I mean, we saw what it could have been yeah, we here did. over the past year. Yes, we did. All you need is a giant global pandemic or Barack Obama's you know policies. And look, Biden is mm. Biden. Uh, this Biden's approval rating right now is sixty two percent. By the way, sixty two percent. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, no, and I have not seen that. It's been poll. very steady, Jeez. right around sixty percent since he started. How now, is that possible? There, in order for it to be sixty two percent, there's got to be quite a few Republicans who are thinking, "Yeah, he's doing a good job." Yeah, no, it's true. Doing a great job. And like people, what is the matter with you? <laughs> if you are a Republican <laughs> and you think he's doing a good job. What is the matter with you? It's shocking. <sighs> wow. Shocking. Uh, you know, and it's been, he's been in the positive the entire time. Mm. And part of that, I think, is that people don't really remember he's president because he never actually goes anywhere. That, that probably does is, anything. That does figure public. in. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday and they said to me, I mean, is Jen Psaki president? Because we never hear anything from Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, for that matter. True. You just hear yeah. stuff from from Jen Psaki coming out and addressing this. Um, the, it's an NPR uh, PBS NewsHour uh, Marist poll finding Joe Biden at 62% approval, uh, 30% disapproval, and then 8% unsure. It is uh, Republicans... Uh, Approve of wow. him, 30% of Republicans, uh, 22% of Trump supporters say they approve of Biden's handling of the pandemic, um, which is you know, pretty high. Uh, yeah. You know, higher than you'd think in this sort of divisive so environment. So is 62% the overall approval rating or is that the pandemic approval? Uh, 62% is, let's say, 62% is, uh, is the pandemic. Yes, okay. you're correct. Yeah. 62% approval rating for the pandemic. I think his actual approval rating is in the mid fifties, uh, when it comes to, uh, that's still too high. It's still high. And again, you know, this is, you could go back and you could take what you want out of polls. I know people don't like polls sometimes, but you know, Donald Trump was never in the mid fifties in his entire presidency. Mm-mm. Uh, and, and you know, this is very early. He only got Biden's, to 50, I think, in Rasmussen, didn't he? Yeah, I think Rasmussen, he hit it a couple times, but mm-hmm. he was never, and that's just, you know, he was obviously a divisive figure. Their, I, their goal, though, here with Biden is to make him a non-figure. 
Like you yeah. don't know who the president is because you never see or hear from them. And occasionally he'll come out and he'll give an award to some military guy and then you won't hear from him for another month. He's done no press conferences. He's basically, they're passing these bills without introducing you to him. Mm-hmm. Who? Joe Biden? Was he even a factor in the 2020 election? Most people say no, because it was really just a do you like Trump or do you not like Trump sort of election. So Biden is coming in here and he's getting things done that would be very difficult to do in a different environment. Well, and it's smart because when he does come out and speak, yeah. he says things like this. The vast majority of economists, left, right and center, mm-hmm. from Wall Street to the Duh. to the the private private, private uh, 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 economic uh, uh, polling initiatives. Po- polling initiatives. Oh, my uh, gosh. The, the private economic Polling initiatives. initiatives. The PE, the Pepe. Yes, the Pepe. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's a or big... the Pappy because it's private. No, it's you're right. Pepe economic, right? Yeah, economic. Yeah, yeah private the economic polling initiatives. That's a huge thing in our <laughs> society today. How many times, Pat, have we talked about the private economic polling? I can't initiatives? even count. I can't even count them. <laughs> and people the wouldn't listen to us no, for a long wouldn't. time. We, we finally have. You a... know what they're going to talk about most in the future <laughs> are the private economic polling initiatives and you're going to be sorry you didn't entertain it before then and here we are and (laughs) and And here here we we are are. Mm. this is the best of the glenn beck program So speaking of uh, a fabulous television viewing here, Pat, one of the things, do you do this where you have a, an old show that you've watched before that sort of just brings you back to some sort of comfort level? Yes. And you might just flip it on when you're getting ready for bed or you have a couple minutes open. You're just, maybe you're, you know, doing, like when I'm doing bills sometimes, I will just throw on, you know, some TV show that I've watched before. So I don't really need to pay attention to it. But like I got my computer on my lap. I'm mostly working, but it's kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. So one of the shows I do that with, and I've been doing for a little while here, is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a show, uh, it's, you know, it's sort of a edgy comedy if you've never seen it before. Uh, and they go down a lot of, uh, they, they push the envelope on certain, on certain issues throughout. And it's been interesting to watch it because I've been watching it from the beginning. Uh, you know, one episode, of, you know, every day or two. And the change you kind of notice in that the really early seasons, they say all sorts of crap that I cannot believe they get away with. Right? Like it just, they just go so far in every episode. And you you kind of notice the transition a little bit and it seemed like maybe they were getting a little softer as it went on in the seasons like they wouldn't push the envelope quite as much as it went on which you kind of it would expect but yesterday i'm i'm watching it was season eight episode one and it's on hulu and at the bottom when the episode ends the little box pops up you know and it says uh, uh next up season eight episode two right mm-hmm. but it doesn't say that this time it says next up season eight episode three and i looked at it and i'm like aren't i on season episode one and yes i'm on episode one you see episode two pat has been deleted from the service it is no longer available to stream it is no longer part of the series apparently and mm. i i thought wait a minute this is unbelievable so i went online and I started to just search to see if i could find anything about this particular 
uh, episode. And yes, it actually has been removed from the streaming services, but it's not the only episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I was like, what? I remember this being more offensive. And part of it is because they've removed episodes from previous seasons that I didn't notice as I passed by. Wow. So season eight, mm. episode three is, uh, or episode two is called The Gang Recycles Their Trash. Um, and Dee, who's the female character on the show, is a failing comedian. She tries to do these characters uh, and she's awful at them, which is really, really funny. And one of the reasons why it's funny is she's a failed comedian. She thinks she's funny and she's trying to do like this old school racial stereotype humor. And it's the point of it is to show that she's blatantly a racist and a terrible person. The whole show is about how bad these people are. Right. That's the whole point mm -hmm. of the show is to show them doing terrible things. And you're, you laugh at them because they're idiots. You realize that these things are bad. Well, apparently they count her character Martina Martinez uh, as blackface because I, she I would say she looks tan in the episode but I, I, guess, I guess they're counting that as blackface now they've now ripped five episodes out of the show uh, off of Hulu which is uh, all for blackface all for blackface America's next top mm. Patty's billboard model contest which the her fake comedian is in uh, Martina Martinez then there's two classic episodes like if you know anyone who's ever watched the show they remade lethal they made a sequel to lethal weapon uh and of course one of the horrible white characters has to be danny glover so in lethal weapon 5 and lethal weapon 6 uh-huh they do use blackface in the art now again there no it's not to unlike we talked about yesterday jimmy kimmel who used blackface just to mock a black person and how they talked this is like them <clears throat> mocking themselves for being idiots, right? Mm -hmm. That's been pulled off. And uh, yeah, I, the context doesn't matter. It doesn't at matter. All, which is so bizarre and so stupid mm -hmm. because the context should matter. It's all that matters in a situation it's, like this. Yeah. 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 Know? I mean, it, it is all that matters. But you're a racist if you think context matters because. Uh, if this happened, then there, you know, there is no reason for it. There is no excuse for it. You there, just can't do it under any circumstances. No. And so you're a racist if you think that context matters now. It's it's true and insane. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the, Donald uh, McNeil, who was the lead star reporter for The New York Times on COVID-19 from the beginning of the pandemic. He's a guy who's, you know, I didn't agree with everything he said, but he was the guy who said it was going to be a big deal in January and February. Like he was one of these guys who was making a big deal about it. He's been covering infectious diseases across the world for 40 years for The New York Times. I mean, this is like their mm -hmm. legendary guy. And he was just fired because he was on a trip with a bunch of students who asked him a question about whether it was okay to use the n-word in a certain circumstance oh yeah he tried to clarify what the circumstance was like are you talking about like someone saying it as a racial slur or someone like quoting someone and at some point in his his search for an explanation he said the word out loud and that of course was enough for him to be fired because of all the woke staff all over the place mm -hmm. um you know, and it's funny because I'm watching season eight, episode one of, of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which how this one gets through 
and how the other episodes around it get banned because of blackface, which are not, there's not a lot of, you know, it's more of them being idiots thinking they could get away with blackface. That's basically the joke. Like they are so, uh, so disconnected from the world that they think that this is appropriate, right? These, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously have all sorts of issues. I mean, Mac in the show is basically a racist throughout. Um, but the episode before is is basically nonstop Nazi jokes. And th- one of their grandfathers is was a former Nazi. And they're talking about, they play footage from their old camp back in the day, which they <laughs> later in life realized was a Nazi camp. And... <laughs> Literally, not only are they saying all sorts of really offensive things about Jews, but the actual N-word is in the episode. It's actually said by one of the characters in the episode with no edit. That one's still up there, but the next one is out because they're making fun of like lethal weapon or something. Completely insane. Mm -hmm. So we found uh, this collection of (laughs) stories. There is one in here which is absolutely amazing. All the episodes from streaming services that have been pulled off because of blackface. And let me give you the best one first, because I can't resist. Hulu has removed an episode of The Golden Girls. (laughs) (laughs) The Golden Girls had a blackface episode? The Golden Girls had a blackface episode, apparently. Now listen to this. First of all, this sounds... I mean, I know you're not supposed to like these things because they're so offensive, but this does sound amazing. Mixed Blessings was the name of it. It's not streaming because there's a scene where Betty White and and Rue McClanahan introduce themselves to a black character while wearing a mud mask that is mistaken for blackface. <laughs> that sounds like okay. an incredible half hour of television. But there again, it's, it's not context. They're not even in blackface. Not even in blackface. Not trying to be in blackface. Because a character mistakes a mud mask for blackface, they removed an episode of the freaking Golden Girls? <laughs> Is Betty White the least offensive person in human history? <laughs> Everyone loves Betty White. They took the freaking Golden Girls off? Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely incredible. incredible. <laughs> in every it's way. Incredible. Uh, another ep- another uh, example, uh, there's a show called With Bob and David. Now, if you know back in the day, Mr. Show with Bob and David was on HBO, very famous uh, sketch comedy show, in my opinion, the best one ever made. And they Netflix did one season of sort of a revival, which they called With Bob and David. In the two, it was 2015. In this episode, David Cross, who is super liberal, like I probably the most liberal person in our society, the single most liberal person in our society, he... Uh, dresses up uh, and at one point he's doing a thing where he's trying he's like you know these these YouTube videos where you're trying like uh, I'm going to show you uh, what your rights are as a, as a citizen when you get pulled over on the side of the road and he's filming himself he's trying to do his own like little viral video and he's trying to make the point at one point in the sketch that if he puts on blackface he will automatically get arrested because he's black and he does like that's you know mm. it's i mean it's a fun it's you know i'm summarizing here obviously but it's a very funny sketch but they've removed it from the show because he was wearing blackface in an effort to say the liberal point that what that white cops will just arrest black people for no reason he's actually making the liberal point and they still pull it off <laughs> Sarah so Silverman. Ridiculous. We talked about Sarah Silverman yesterday. She yeah. lost a job because of a sketch <clears throat> she did in blackface. Um, they did move. Uh, Scrubs has lost three 
episodes of their show from the streaming services. The Office has lost an episode, which I don't I don't remember an office blackface scene, but there, I don't either. There is a lot that is uh that is offensive in that show. Uh, Community lost an episode. Um, 30 Rock, uh, four episodes. You know, for Hollywood lecturing us about racism all the time, they're They've in blackface a lot. A lot of blackface. <laughs> a yeah. lot of blackface. Wow. I feel like a, a, a tad too much. <laughs> but some of these examples are completely ridiculous with Golden Girls, I think, has, has to top the list. Na, 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 na.